damn fool. Hello and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. My name is Connor McKenna. I'm Rebecca Hart. And I'm Carl Stowe. And we're back. Yeah, I mean, Yay. I don't know if I'd call it back. This happens all the time. We're always here, so. <laughs> um, you know, life, etc. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go, I'm so sorry. It'll never happen again, like other podcasts, and it happens again, because it might happen again. So. It's yeah. gonna. Yeah. But, but for now, uh, we'll, we'll never go more than a month without doing Stop an episode. Lies. Um, Stop spreading lies. No, we'll never go more than like five weeks then without doing an episode. Because I know it technically right now it's over a month, but it's only over a month by a couple of days. Anyway, yeah, so nothing's really happened. Well, there's been Luke Cage. We'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, Steve Ditko died, which is very... Fortunate and sad, he was the co-creator, yes, co-creator of Spider-Man and plenty of other characters. Um, Harlan Ellison died. Oh, he did too, didn't he? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote some Daredevil, some of which I read for the Moon Knight podcast this week, so... Yep, and we've actually covered some uh, Harlan Ellison Daredevil on this show. Well, I have, mm-hmm. I did the bonus episodes that he wrote, so I'll put those in the show notes, and the reason I'm quiet is because I have people sleeping in the next room, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Iron Fist News, Luke Cage came out, season two, which had... Right. Yep. Huzzah. Which had, uh, Iron Fist popping up in it for one episode, which is the reason I started watching it, but I ended up enjoying the show itself, so I figure we'll talk about the show a bit, considering we are doing Power Man and Iron Fist. So, let's talk about Power Man's second season, if you will. Uh, what did you guys think of it? I really enjoyed it. So did I. I thought it was better. just because Danny popped up in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think the pacing was better. Um, it didn't have that, because in the first season had that massive drop-off after episode seven, yeah, well, um, it, did have a, it did have one massive drop off, with I, which I loved. Claire went away. That's not the same as a drop off, though. <laughs> <laughs> Coincident, like uh, for me, because I was watching the show and I was three episodes in, and I'm like, uh, I kind of hate this. This is like I really don't like it. And then the show just got a lot better after episode three, and coincidentally, <laughs> that's when Claire left. But I don't actually think it's because Claire left that it got better. I think it just started focusing on the Bushmaster more, which is why I think it got better. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I think they kind of tied up the storyline with her, but um, yeah. they also, you know, showed uh, that Luke could be a bit of a dick. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm just going to put in spoiler alert here because we will be talking about spoilers, so put a, hold off listening to this episode until you've watched the show. We'll just listen to it if you're not planning to watch it, because um, I know a few people who haven't bothered watching it. They just watched the Iron Fist episode, which is a shame, because I think the rest of the show is worth watching, but it does have a... For me, it had, like, a really bad start, so if people can't get... If people don't want to watch, like, three hours... Stuff like I didn't. Yeah. I didn't mind the start. I mean, like, I, you know, I always assumed, but I actually quite liked it. Like, it kind of re-established where you were. You know, it got everyone into their right sort of places to carry on the rest of the season. It fixed one of my biggest problems with Luke Cage in these shows is that because he was always written as a flawless character, like morally and the way it was played, he just came off as a really self-righteous douche. <laughs> but yeah. in this show, they actually go, hey, let's actually make him a self-righteous douche. And they make that like a character thing. And it proves to be his undoing, briefly. Um, he gets, like, capoeira to death briefly, but then he comes <laughs> back. But still, <laughs> yeah. So I, I really liked that. Uh Obviously, my biggest problem of Luke being an ex-cop from Georgia, you can't fix that, so... Whatever. I just had to... 
I just had to suspend my disbelief whenever they talked about how much Luke loves Harlem and how he loves it just as much as Mariah when he mm. moved there after Jessica Jones season one. Yeah, he's been, he's been there three years. <laughs> yeah, has he even been there that long? Because he, I was, think it's like right around there. Okay, yeah, two three years. So I know it's his wife's neighborhood, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I think, I don't know about you guys, but Bushmaster totally sold the show for me. It's amazing. That is one creepy-ass looking dude. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, he can pull off the creepy. Yeah. Because there are scenes where he's like, you know, just chilling wearing the polo shirt at the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with yeah. His, with his family, where he looks like a total normal guy, and then he's yeah. in that damn suit with them yellow eyes, and you're like, damn. Yeah. That like, dude's like the devil. He was he was a great villain. In fact, I was actually going for him <laughs> for the mm-hmm. the whole show. I was like rooting for him to win. Um, and like, I'm really glad that he didn't eat the dust because I thought he was going to. I thought Mariah would you know, really predictably do some sort of thing and kill him, and that would have really annoyed me, but uh, he didn't get killed. Uh, very unexpected ending to his character for this season anyway. I'm sure he might be back in the future. But yeah, I liked his backstory. Um, I just I, I liked I liked the accents. I loved everything about him, really. I loved his whole subplot. It was uh, really good. I got, I got a bit sick of Mariah toward, like, in the last episode. I feel like she should have gone in the second to last episode. I feel like Bushmaster should have just killed her before Luke Cage stopped him from killing her. Which is, like, why? Just let him kill her. <laughs> At that point, I'm just like, can she just die? Is... I still quite like her. I haven't quite got that. That was my one complaint really about season two, is there was a whole lot of uh getting in touch with your feeling talks and it's not the end of the world i know but it's just like oh no not another one not again oh we're gonna talk with dad again i liked Ooh. i liked his dad oh i didn't have a problem with the dad it's just a the same conversation seemed to happen like three or four times during that season that's true they did repeat it a lot but i guess i was happy because it's and unfortunately, it looked like that actor passed away. Yeah, he did. It was after yeah. filming, though. Because mm-hmm. I thought the character kind of left suddenly, but someone pointed out to me that he just went back to Georgia. So, yeah, but no, it's really unfortunate he passed away. The, uh, uh, really, I'll have to get his name up again. It's Father Everett from Daredevil. He passed away recently as well. Mm-hmm. I'll just have to get the actor's name up. Um, yeah, Derek O'Connor. Now, I'm missing, I'm forgetting the character's actual name, but the the talks I do enjoy Luke Cage having is with the older gentleman from the barbershop. Yeah. He's another great actor who went to go save his daughter with his kitten. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Did he... He didn't really come back after that, did he? No. No. And I know, uh, I was reading that Rosario Dawson, who plays Claire, she didn't want to go all the way to New York filming all the time, so she might be out of the Netflix verse now. Yeah, she's got um, a young family, so... Yeah. You know, good for her. Um... So, yeah, uh, Bushmaster was very different. From the comic version, I would say yeah. the only the only similarity is that he boosts himself to fight Luke Cage. That's now another weird little odd tidbit here that came up with. I caught it, and a bunch of my other friends who were watching the show caught it too, and they were actually expecting uh, because of what they saw, which since nothing ever came of it. They just thought it, then later after they watched the whole season, they thought it was kind of odd. But they were expecting a bisexual twist onto Bushmaster. And do you know why a few of them thought this? 
Uh, why? So I got to see if you caught it or not. I, I honestly nothing like that remotely entered my head. The last thing I was thinking about was Bushmaster's love life. Um, yeah. All right, and it's either episode two or episode three where they show Bushmaster waking up with two women in his bed. You remember the scene? Uh, yeah. Vaguely. Then his buddy's waiting downstairs, sitting on the couch. The woman on the right of the bed has full five o'clock beard shadow. And I'm not talking a little bit around the upper lip. Full beard. So everyone thought, it's like, oh, he's sleeping with a guy and a transgender man. So he's obviously bisexual. But then it was never addressed. Well, maybe it doesn't need to be addressed. The Connor, there was that scene, um... I mean, it's not really important who he's sleeping with. Is it? I, I don't know. I, I didn't even maybe, notice. Maybe, honestly, maybe that um, maybe that's what that scene signified. They don't need to go back to it. Could be. I mean, they just the, these days they'll shove that in like everywhere and not make a thing over. Yeah, it. like it's just there. Um, which, if you're gonna, you know, include um, that stuff, I'm glad it's not like, ooh, we're patting ourselves on the back. Look, we have all these, you know diverse things in here it's just yeah it just pops up now it was like do you remember that really weird scene in batman v superman where there was just two guys making out in the background it's called no. it was on a boat <laughs> it was it was I really just strange don't remark about these things i'm like well, I, oblivious to everything i usually don't but it was like really weird like there was like sort of focus put on it as he was walking past it, and i'm just i just thought I'm like, okay that's odd <laughs> it's weird but whatever um Zach's trying to say something, but who knows. Uh, so, let's, I guess, move on. Uh, Nightshade was also in the show, which we will be seeing this issue. Power Man and yes. Uh also Big shout out to that hairstyle in the last episode. Yeah. Very different, except for that hair at the end of the last episode. Uh, yeah, they're pretty much... These villains are pretty much the same in name, only the Bushmaster yeah. and Nightshade, anyway. Probably Mariah as well, actually. Um, yeah, actually. Well, wasn't Mariah, isn't Mariah like seven feet tall and 600 pounds in the comic? Well, it varies, but she's huge. But yeah. I don't think she's seven feet tall. I don't I think... I think it, in one of the issues, if, she's like I, going toe-to-toe with Luke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was. <laughs> I think it, yeah, I think it just depends which issue and which artist, but she's always meant to be huge. And she was never into like business or anything, was it? Was she in like? No, and, he, and yeah. Shades wasn't that much into it either. He was just a bit of a hoodlum. So they they've they've totally just taken the names and reimagined them and modernized them, made them slightly less problematic. You know, blah blah blah. I really like Piranha uh, Jones. Given them connection, I loved seeing Piranha. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> and Cockroach. Yeah, <laughs> Cockroach yeah, okay. popped up. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, um, I was like, that's so nice. I mean, it's, it's just nice coming from like a run where we've seen them all. Yeah, like, definitely. To suddenly have them again because like it's a lot. It's a long time since we read these really old issues. So to have had them in like Sanford Green's run. Yeah. And then have them all pop up again. It's just nice because you just recognise the names and you're just oh, it's Cockroach and. Yeah. So, the Iron Fist episode. Hmm. What you, you, yeah, guys... you said it was it was getting a lot of popularity, but for the reason you didn't care. Uh, yeah. What were you saying? Ah, uh, jeez, I was. Well, oh, there were was just. It the, was it? The it whole was just stuff like. Smoke? No, no, it was just stuff like uh, Iron Fist shouldn't be like mm. this angry, you know, monk dude. Like, this is more like his character. I'm like, wait, what? Iron Fist is definitely an angry monkey, too. <laughs> like, uh, I'm glad people are liking him, but people are just saying that, ah, uh, now he's finally true to the comics, and it's like, well, you know, he is, but, like, that's not all there is to him. When he started yeah, out, he was Yeah, but as, very... as I said to you, Connor, chill. Uh, we accept all people being happier about Iron Fist. Oh, yeah, I'm just... <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, you know, like, we... No, but we come at it from a very... We come at it from a point where we've read almost all of Iron Fist's appearances. 
I know, but... We have a different, we have a different background with the character. It's not Most like people I'm, will have come from Immortal. It's not like I'm citing some super obscure Iron Fist, though. I'm citing, like, his first run. Um, and yeah, as I said, like, I'm glad... Yeah, a lot of people don't read that. <laughs> that, that. And that's fine, but then they say stuff like, oh, this is not like the comics. Yeah, like, you but don't you know act what people like, are like. Yeah, and, and that's bad. I'm never going to be like, oh, that's just that's people. That's fine. always going to annoy me because it's like pretending you know things when you don't and not bothering to do research and being a know-it-all. You know, that, that, that stuff always really irks me, especially in... Um, well, this isn't journalism. Well, this is something else, but... It's just comment. It's just online commentary. They have no more, like... Like, no one has any more sort of, I don't know. I I just, I just, I can't let things like that eat up at me. I just, I'm happy with my own knowledge. Cow asked me, so. No, no, no. (laughs) And it's It's true, and there's there's no reason. It's the equivalent of people telling Rebecca, well, Moon Knight's just DC's Batman. I don't care, they can say that all they want, they only make themselves look like idiots. And then, so like, you know. He's choking them out. Going, no, 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 you're cool. I, th- I think, I think you both don't appreciate how much I don't care what other people's opinions are. Like, the more someone says Moon Knight's, um, Marvel's Batman, I just like, oh, you don't know it's anything about so much, Batman or Moon Knight. It's not um, so much their stupid opinion, it's more the spreading of misinformation that bugs me. Because people read these things and they take their words for granted, like, they take them at face value. So all this misinformation gets spread. That? Yeah. I mean, it's it's like the old adage, like, uh, you know, everyone hates Robin, that sort of thing, because all the... <gasps> I love Robin. Yeah, exactly, but, like, a lot of people hate him. I told you, people are just wrong. They uh, are. The world, they should just agree with me. They should just all <laughs> go to another planet. <laughs> <sighs> right, here's what the ground rules are. Moon Knight is not DC's, is not Marvel's Batman. Robin yeah. is better than Batman, number one. All the Robins are better than Batman. And Danny ha- all, has always had a level of anger in him. Yeah. Yes. I don't know about all the Robins being better than Batman. That's only because I, I haven't read disagree. much of Tim Drake or you, Damon. Even Damon? Oh, I love Damien. Don't even stop that. He's the best. Yes, but the current Damien or the original Damien? I like all Damien's. It's oh, wow. kind of funny how people hated Jason. But like, I know. Yeah. But Jason's now really cool, so that's fine. I liked Jason. I was reading stuff and he pushed that dude off the building and I'm like, yeah, you go, son. Maybe it's because I really yeah. hate Batman. And I'm like, yeah, Jason I'm glad you Jason always had a good point. I'm glad you just showing Batman that he's a tool. Although then sometimes he'll just be a complete idiot and Batman will show up and save him. But, you know. God, it's the same like, with all of them. I mean, they are kids, you know. If you want to... If you... Because... I Okay, I own a lot of Batman comics. I love Batman stories, especially from the 70s, as I'm sure Carl will agree. Um, like That's when they were the best. Yep. Uh, but when, when the world's greatest detective actually detected. After, after The Dark Knight Returns the character became pretty insufferable for me because everyone was sort of starting to do this Batman is the best at everything. You know, before that, Batman was a bit more chilled out and, you know, it was... The, the, yeah, so if you if you, if you you share my disgruntlement with the character of Batman, read Batman the Cult because that was cathartic. Oh, funnily enough, I've just bought that. Oh, okay. That, that was cathartic for me. Batman gets the crap beaten out of him and it's it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, you'll you'll see what I mean if you guys read it. I had it strongly recommended during the last DC Comicsology sale, uh, so it is now on my iPad ready to be read. It's actually a really good Jason Todd. Uh, I was recommended so. it by a fan of Jason. Yeah, so. and it, it's uh, it's also a pretty good book. And it uh, the Dark Knight Rises takes a lot from it as well. If you're interested in that, so yeah. Sorry, Did you guys read The Long Halloween? Yeah, I earned it. Um, I still haven't got gotten around to that. That one's always suggested to me. As as the case of a lot of Batman books, Batman is the least interesting aspect of that book, and he's there just to move the plot along. And I'm probably making so many people angry right now. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, mean, like, I think it's a valid argument. Like, I, I 
I, I think it's a valid argument. I mean, I've always found Batman more interesting when he's with the Robin, personally, which yeah. is why I made my glib comment about Robins being better than Batman. I, I like I like someone who's had to make their own family in the same way as I like that aspect of Danny. Yeah. He's someone who's had to, like, he's got this, like, not a false family, but you know what I mean? It's a family, he's, he doesn't have family, he's had to create his family, and that leads to interesting dynamics, because there isn't that sort of, you know, like when you, you um, banter with your actual family, your siblings and your parents and stuff, there's a level of sort of, there's kind of a certain edge to it sometimes, yeah. because you know, you kind of have to, you know, you get along because you're family, there's not necessarily any other ties, when you bring it to, because it's friends, or through shared trauma in some of Batman and Robin's yeah. cases. Um, like it's a different bond, and I like watching that dynamic play out. Um, I guess because I lost my, I, you know, I lost my mum quite young. Um, so that whole idea of like bringing friends in instead of extended family has always been interesting to me. But it's, you know, like, um, it doesn't mean I think Batman is terrible. I just think, my least in the, the Batman stories I'm least interested in in him are him on his own being either grouch or miserable the whole time. Yes, when he's off being a detective, great, um, because that's not sort of honing yeah. in on all that. Oh, I'm so traumatized, my life is so terrible, kind of thing. My parents. So I think, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I definitely have the get over it sort of yeah. um, pushing to the back of me. I just, yeah, for for me, there was a point he started becoming really self-righteous. I think he was around the Nolan movies, the comics started emulating it, like, oh, I'll never take a life. I don't know. But I, I'm with you, except for me, I read Batman, not for the Robins, but for, like, the atmosphere, the gothic mm-hmm. sort of style, and um, I like his villains. I love uh, Jim Gordon. I mean, I'm happy with Batman fighting the mob, because I like, I like all the characters. I like the atmosphere and stuff. If it's written well, it's good. It's just... If it's a story about, if it's like a character study about Batman himself and going deep into his character and stuff, and it's all just about him, then I just turn off because for me he's just not that interesting. Yeah. And I'm not saying this as a guy like I've read a lot of Batman, and if you think Batman's like super interesting, the best character, that's all fine. You know, you can enjoy that. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm I'm a Jim Gordon guy, and a oh, nice. Robin guy, and now uh, kind of an Alfred guy. I remember he, like, died once. It was really weird. And he just came back later. Actually, that's not weird. That happens all the time in comics, but yeah. Well, they yeah. killed the character right before the 1966 TV show had started. I think that, and then that the was, TV, yeah. the, the, TV, the character became so popular in the TV show, they brought him back in the comic and didn't really say why. He was just magically there again. And his, his auntie, like, just shows up the next day or something after he dies? And it's pretty much like I'm gonna be the new Alfred. I can't remember. It was something. It was something weird yeah. like that. But that yeah, weird. and I'm also super in the detective stuff. I love that stuff. Um, it's just when Batman's all up his own bottom and everything. That's when it bugs me. But enough about Batman. Unless, yeah, unless Carlos to say anything. Um, but... Oh, back back to Iron Fist and trying to defend Iron Fist. Uh, Part of my biggest issue when talking to people is they haven't read any comic books. So their literally only experience with Iron Fist has been with the Spider-Man cartoon where he's like surfer, surfer hippie dude. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not really. I, I, I'm like, I don't have a problem with it because it's a kid show, but that's really not how the character acts, talks. Dresses. I'm on the record for just not liking that version of Iron Fist. Uh, that is, that is, none of that is just. I find it anything. very strange. Like I, I'm, like I, I was gonna say I'm too old to have really. Like I've only caught a couple of episodes of the cartoon in passing, and uh, yeah, I just find it really odd. Yeah, it's he doesn't even have a brand on his chest. No. Which is probably just... the biggest sin, honestly. That he went to Kunlun and uh, Davros was dressed like a scorpion, I believe. Yeah, it was like a weird Mortal Kombat episode. It wasn't very good. It's a awesome. <laughs> uh, 
it sounds awesome, but it's not. <laughs> no, I mean, like, awesome in how bad it could be. Oh, right, yeah. No, I wish. It was just... But, uh, the Iron Fist episode of Lit Cage Season 2... Um, it was so good. Yeah, why don't you guys start? Um, well, you already I'm did, like, but yeah. I'm like wor- worried, worried about what I might say now. I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved having, um, I loved having DW there. It's yes. Dub. Uh, I loved the little, I, I loved, I thought it was witty and Danny was still a little bit like, you know, um, slightly on the mystical side, still joking about the dragon or commenting about the dragon. Um, but it was, but they showed that like Luke respected his opinion. And wasn't just brushing him off as some rich whiny guy. Um, so I think it showed more what the relationship could be where it's kind of like they're both reaching out to each other and starting to get that friendship. And it was just like, you know, Danny refusing to go away, saying, no, I'm going to help you. And then actually being useful, blah, blah, blah. So I liked it. Mm-hmm. Carol? Two things I had problems with with the episode. Mm-hmm. One, after being in an underground cavern filled with dragon bones, Luke Cage is still not believing there's a dragon. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> didn't Two, Danny didn't just buy the barbershop for Luke. He'll buy in a giant, huge warehouse in the middle of New York City so they can burn it to the ground. But he won't bail out a friend who's losing his barbershop that he's been part of and Pops died in and all that happy well, stuff. That seemed a little odd. If they included that scene, we probably would have gotten more speeches about money, so... Yeah, we already got that speech in the episode, which was fine. But I think, it would, yeah, Luke would have refused because he wants to make his own thing and... And he would have been like, come Danny, on, man. No. Danny doesn't ask. Danny just makes a phone call. Yeah, I mean, he did buy Colleen's gym. That's true. Respect the dojo. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I wasn't talking to you. I just, I just thought that was... No, awesome. no, but you're right. It was a dojo, not a gym. Totally sweep that, sweeps that punk's leg. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah. But yes, the, he was more chillax. He was... Uh, the whole thing was smoother. Uh, he looks like he's put on some weight, muscle-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has been training a lot might, in real life. Might, might keep uh, people from complaining. Um, and just for the most part, he's he is obviously, he's aging. The actor himself, Ben Jones, and he, he's aging well. He doesn't, he didn't look as young. The yeah. haircut wasn't quite as uh, Labrador. I like it. Uh, you know, uh, Labradoodle, I should say. It was, it was a little, a little bit less floofy and... Yeah. And maybe Danny in Season 2 will be more like Return of the Jedi Luke instead of, you know, farm boy Luke who wants to go to Toshi Station for power converters. So, he'll mature, <laughs> you know, become... Um, I guess I have some quibbles, if you will, to everyone's shock and awe, I'm sure. Um, Not you, Connor, never. Actually, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll say first, I did love seeing them and DW in the same room. And when I love the part where Danny's like, I'm the immortal Olympus, and DW goes, That guy knows how to brand. And yeah, there were some cool moments like Pan Man and Olympus and they fist bump. Uh, Danny strayed a bit too close to Surfer Dude sometimes for me. Um, I, obviously, I yeah, like he just came off as a bit like, uh, like airheaded, if that makes sense. Um, but you know, it didn't bug me too much. But the main thing is, actually, this thing before the main thing, they kind of tie in. It's weird how because after you see defenders, you think Luke could be groaning that Danny's shown up, but he's happy to see him. I got the vibe that Luke still didn't really like Danny at the end of Defenders. Uh, but all of a sudden they're like, hugging each other and stuff. Mmm, I get that. 
Like, even even the scenes where Luke was being a bit warmer to Danny and the Defenders towards the end, he still came off as really condescending. Um, and I don't know if that's the reason, but for some reason I just didn't really feel the chemistry. Maybe I'll have to watch it again. But, I don't know, what. how did you guys feel about the chemistry between the actors? I, I thought it was much better. Yeah, this this episode. Yeah, I had no problem with it. It's how it should originally have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as for the Defenders itself, other than Misty getting her arm cut off, I like to think the Defenders never happened. I really liked the Iron Fist and Dead yeah. stuff in Defenders. <laughs> Meh. That was great. I quite liked it. Um, Meh. I, what I did mean, you guys think of Colleen and Misty's <gasps> ballroom best. brawl? It was so good. Was that where Cockroach... No, that was where Mr. Fish showed up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's a... No, yeah. Misty throwing right hooks with, without a right. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was fine. Um, setting up Daughters of the Dragon stuff. Uh... Did I they, thought it was a great segment. Did they, did they call them Doors of the Dragon in that episode? Or am I just completely misremembering? I don't think so. Okay. Oh. They may have done. I've only seen it once, though, so... Because I guess in the show's context, it wouldn't make sense for Misty to be associated with Iron Fist at this point in time. Maybe yeah. I'm just getting mixed it up because... In, maybe I'm mixing up because in the comic, like, they... I don't know. But yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll, I will give props to Missy this season. Um, I thought she was really cool. And I think that's that's a really good way to write a strong female character, unlike some other franchises going around right now. But I won't get into that. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, I thought she was really good. I preferred her to Luke, which isn't saying much, I guess, because Luke's, like, near the bottom of my list. But yeah, I, I really liked her. Um, I felt like her scenes got a bit redundant towards the end. Not because of her, but just because it was the same cop sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Office drama and interrogating. It was just like, yeah, do something else. Get get back on the street or something. I don't know. Um, what'd you guys I, was, I, like, yeah. I like that they gave her time to sort of mourn the arm, get used to prosthetic. Yeah. You know, like, I like that they gave her the time to sort of like cry about it and stuff. I liked the, um, uh, but not too much time. It was yeah. like they, they kind of balanced that well. Like she, she, they didn't make her. Oh my god, it's all she's gonna do. But they didn't make her go. Oh great, I've got a prosthetic now. I'm fine. Yeah, she you know? does not stop on about her arm in the comics. That's for sure. Not for a while, anyway. To be uh, fair, I wouldn't forever. Happen to me. I feel like in the comics, you could be like. Oh, this is a good taco. My arm got blown off. Uh. Um, but if it ever happened to Rebecca, she'd be just constantly bitching about. Do you know how much money in tattoos I had in that arm? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and now I got a metal one. Jesus Christ! I just say paint the metal on now. Wow. What did you guys think of her arm? Um, like the pros, the the prop they used or whatever. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, so um, I thought it worked well. They even had the, the clear plastic sleeve and the, the sensors for the nerves that go on the skin. It was quite, quite realistic. That's why I posted that video up on the Facebook page. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, I heard that's what they were going for. It's less the sort of comicsy version and more one that might actually, um, be close to what people actually wear. Because they yeah. wanted to sort of give people something to, um, you know, people who are in that situation. It wasn't just a some repre- robot. Some representation. Because, you know, in, in half the comics, you can't even tell she's got a prosthetic. Right. Because, like, they, they have a hand wave. Oh, they've made it look like real skin now. Yeah. Or she's more $6 million man in the comic book. It's a bit of both, isn't it? I mean, like, the, you know, the issues we're about to look at and stuff, you can, you would never know. Yeah. Um, 
and then uh, and yet like yeah some of the other ones it's gold and so yeah it kind of depends on the artist it was still a very powerful arm though in the show oh yeah for sure and i like that but i just like but the, the fact they just kept it looking realistic yeah, yeah. oh and on a side note i love they put the theater in there yes wait did they yeah, remember? He was hiding out in a theater for two days. Oh, yeah. well, it didn't click in my head that that was the uh, theater. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I liked how they did um, one with Raphael Scarf's character in this season, yes. if it was during flashbacks, because I felt like of what we saw of him in the first season, they just like they just mentioned like briefly that his son accidentally shot himself and I felt like there was so much to be explored in that character in the first season but they never really did it he was just like a cartoon mm-hmm. villain most yeah of the time. I'm glad they went back to that but then in this they went back and gave him more depth so I thought that was really good um, and also Misty being tempted to do things his way as well was nice um, I, yeah. just, I just wish I just wish the flashbacks included the mustache <laughs> yeah <laughs> And, uh, ooh, I'll also mention that Rebecca and I will be talking very in-depth about episodes 10 and 11 on Defenders Podcast with Claire. We've both been on it before, Rebecca more than me. This is not the Defenders TV podcast, which we did the Damnation crossover with, although you should also check out those guys because they're also covering uh, Luke Cage in its entirety. They're releasing two episodes a week, I believe, so... Yeah, yeah, they so, yeah, were like pretty Tuesday fun. and Thursday. Yeah, it's crazy, but good for them. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be posting on our page and stuff when Rebecca and I are going to be up on the other podcast, so yeah. Um, but Luke Cage Season 2 is good, better than the first season. Uh, you guys have any yes. other closing thoughts to add, or should we get on to... Let's get on to it. Yep. Okay, so... The latest and greatest team of all, Power Man and Iron Fist 51, not on the town. And on the cover we have Luke punching a hole through a robot who looks like a man Mm. in the centre of the page and Dan is kicking one in the background. And the title of the book is... Hey, it's consistent and not on the town. And the previous issue said that the next issue was going to be A Night on the Town. So, hey, all three titles are accurate. <laughs> well done. Once. So Hooray. this came out... Let's see. This came out in 1978 in June. And it was written by Chris Claremont. And this is the last issue to be fully written by Chris before he starts co-plotting and then eventually leaves for X-Men. Uh, Penciler is Mike Zek, Ernie Chan is the inker, Rick Parker is letterer, M.E. Beveridge is the colorist, and Jim Shooter is the editor. It begins in Harlem. Early on a cool spring evening, Cage is touring the old neighborhood, showing Danny Rand where he grew up, trying to recapture the man who once lived here, and finding it harder than he thought. The last thing either one wants is trouble, but they find it anyway. And... Yep, so this is, I just read that out to set the mood. They're walking down the street, and as they're walking down, these two guys in red jumpers, no, yellow jumpers with red jackets, uh, come crashing out of a window. And, uh, I'm going to start talking about Danny's clothes here. Uh, yep. He's got a medallion on yeah. for a start. It's awful. A green suit. It's really awful. And a black polo neck, I think. I don't know if it's a polo neck or not, but <sighs> sweater. Yeah, yellow cuffs. Oh my god, it's terrible. Um, it's just hideous. So they uh, go to move in. Danny's running in an alleyway. Uh, he's going to go through the kitchen, and he's probably also going to change into his costume while he does that. And Luke's going to go in the front to see what the trouble's about. Door's locked, so he just punches through this guy's establishment. And I'm guessing he's not going to pay for that door? Yeah, as if. Don't know. I mean, the, the, these these guys are like the street-level heroes, so they're going to be more careful with this stuff. It's not like big Avengers alien invasions. 
I mean, they should be careful on that too. But this is like, why don't you just knock or go around the back? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> so there's uh, three identically dressed goons and identically looking goons. Uh, they're threatening shopkeeper, and the shopkeeper's telling uh, Lucas to stay out of it. So Luke throws a punch. He doesn't stay out of it. He throws a punch at one of the purple people and... Yeah, doesn't do anything. And they backslap Luke across the room. Luke pulled his punch, but he still should have been knocked out. So they start yep. fighting. Luke's not pulling any punches, but they're just not doing anything to these guys. And they're just... Well, they start kicking the crap out of Luke. And now he's on the ground. And he comments... Ain't been hit so hard since I fought Bushmaster, which was Hooray. two issues ago, not one issue ago, which is, you know, yeah. different. <laughs> and then Danny comes in and fly kicks one of the goons, pushing the other goon away, and uh, thabam, so I mentioned that sound effect. And it doesn't do anything, <laughs> but Danny's not hurting himself, attacking the goons like Luke was. Uh... So he's sitting there. He gets a chair to the back of the head. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. He's too busy thinking about why. Yeah. Like, they're just so tough. He's like, why are these guys so tough? And he gets a chair in the back. And they, but that doesn't really seem to phase him, because he just lights up the office. I love the, the fact office. that the bartender yells, white boy, watch your back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he definitely stands out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so he lights... They're pushing him against the wall, but he just lights up his fists. We get a classic Shikau. Uh We don't get a like onto a thing of iron, though. No. And, uh... Yeah, he shatters the robots to pieces. <laughs> they're just all in, like, rubble on the ground, so... Yeah. It's kind of... Even one of them actually goes, they just blew up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And the police show up. And, uh, yeah, then they pin it on Pound Man and Iron Fist. Yeah. And they know they're being set up, but, like, you know, yeah. Luke's going, don't worry about it, Danny. Like, see, here's Danny getting a bit angry, getting ang- righteous indignation at being framed. And yeah. Luke's leading him away and saying, look, I know what happens, let's just get out of the way and stop making a fuss. Yeah. So Luke's pretty much just saying this is his neighbourhood. He knows how things work here. You know, obviously the shopkeeper's pinging on him so he doesn't get further retribution from whoever's sent these robot hoods to trash his store. So, and they get put in the cop car and, what do you know, Scarf is in the front seat. <laughs> That's right. Magnum P.I. before Magnum P.I. What's his, Scarf. What's his district again? Is it all in New York? Yeah. Yeah. Wherever he needs to be. Okay. And yes, Lieutenant Scarf is very different than Lieutenant Scarf and Luke Cage. Very. Yeah, different. I think we kind and, of discussed that. Yeah, he's not until a... until later. There's a little bit of stuff. But... Hmm. So a stylish purple car drives away from the scene and oh, goes. What the hell is that? What ornament? Um, looks like a gargoyle sort of thing. Or, or a cat, I can't tell. Uh, it just looks like one of those hood ornaments like they have on Rolls Royces, isn't it? Yeah. It does look like a cat. <laughs> so, his destination is Liberty Towers, a high-rise, low-income housing project begun in the heyday of federal anti-poverty programs. The project has hailed a masterpiece of enlightened urban planning. It was also rotten to the core. Every dollar budgeted for construction, over half was ripped off. Within a year, the project's dedication, the city had condemned every building. Today, Liberty Towers is just another dream gone bust. The complex given over to street gangs, derelicts, and rats. So yeah, crummy neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) So is this guy Cockroach? No. Our man in purple? He's just our man in purple. Uh, he's called Shreve. 
Yeah. I don't know why he's called Shreve, but... Well, he's called Shreve because someone named him that, but it's a weird name, is the point <laughs> I was trying to make. Yeah. I figured that was his surname. Yeah. So he gets off the elevator into a very tech-savvy room covered in panels and tubes and all metal everywhere. We have a very large man in what appears to be a wheelchair-type device or a throne. You really can't tell from this angle. All in red, including red glasses. Good evening, Shreve. I trust you've got a good reason for disturbing me. Two of them, boss, power man, and iron fist. And we have a woman lying next to him. Uh, in a bikini and thigh-high boots, because it's the 70s. And she's also trying to play herself off as just his, uh, like, piece on, you know, as a, as a trophy piece. She's actually, well, we'll find out what she's all about soon enough. Well, but, she's upset about missing the Muppet show, which, you know, that's a redeeming feature. Yeah. So, um... She's like, Pumpkin, I'm mixing a wee drinky. You want one? So, she goes off, and uh, the I'm just going to assume he's a pimp, um, is talking, you know, he's like, uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage, stop your boys from leaning on uh, Leroy Thompson. And, you know, they're, they're, he's essentially saying Power Man and Iron Fist are going to be a problem. Yeah. And then we have Nightshade, who is actually the mastermind, and is telling... Someone. Uh, the big guy. We do his name, do we know his name yet? I don't think so. We find his name out, but I don't think he's yes. mentioned it yet. But she's telling him what to tell, uh, Shreve. So she's the boss yeah. of the operation, uh, just using, you know, her Muppet love as a disguise. <laughs> for the ruthless person. And yes, this is Nightshade, who was in the recent show. Yeah. And we go to the Rand house. They're all having a meeting. Who's that lady? Which lady? Not Misty. Um, Colleen. Really? When yeah. did Colleen get grey hair? I think it's just bad colouring, honestly. Okay. Because it's, it's, our, it's our gang and Raph Scarf and Bleak Tower. Yeah, and Colleen doesn't actually show up again after this panel, so... No. <laughs> Um, and Tom, Tom Selleck is warming his hands by the fire. I know, he's obviously very, he's the only one that's cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Luke's just standing there with his very loose shirt on. Um, he's not weather resistant, you know that much. And uh, Misty's in a fairly small top. Yeah. And so, Scarf has given them the lowdown, uh, they start, you know, these guys started showing up two months ago, essentially a protection scam. Uh, they forced out all the gangs, the Mafia, the Magia, as Marvel says. Marvel. And then they found out that, well, they were pretty much impervious to bullets and they started throwing around cop cards. Um, oh, they did kill a couple, but uh, their computer brain self-destructed before they could analyse it. So... This is pretty much, uh, him and DA Tower are here, Blake Tower, and they can script Danny, Misty, and Luke into f- getting to the bottom of this. Uh, not calling I'm Sending Misty <laughs> undercover. Is she undercover? Yep. No, I thought she was hanging around with Danny. No, no she's no, about to go undercover. Part okay. of their thing, because he doesn't yeah. want to put her through it again. She's like, it's my life to risk. Yeah. No, you ain't the boss of me. Daddy and Misty <laughs> never argue. This is weird. Uh, no, no, no. It's no, the he's not. They're not arguing. Oh, but also Danny's just like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, it's, yeah, it's uh, Blake. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, it's been, it's been like a week since I read this. No, no it's fine. But yeah. So the three of them start canvassing. Star Wars is playing at the theater. Nice yeah. little plug there. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, Marvel was doing Star Wars at this point. Star Wars comics, so... And, to be fair, the comics out in 78, Star Wars out in 77, so... Yeah. 
And they're not bad either. No. Um, yeah, they're right. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, there, there's some really like odd gems in there. I'll say that much. Yeah. Um, but yes, they start canvassing, uh, and they're talking Doing about the sorts work. Of, yeah, all sorts of colourful characters. Um, yeah, it's and alcoholic pooch. Yeah, like that Big guy with his dog. Big Ben Donovan. Big Ben Donovan. Mariah's lawyer. Oh, yeah. right. Chinatown Street Gangs, uh, Wichita Kid, uh, General Rummies, like the professor, and his alcoholic pooch, foul stuff. Um, <laughs> and they get nowhere. <laughs> so they go for food, because... In costume. we are about to establish... <laughs> As we go through this run, they eat an awful lot. Oh, yeah. They are always at restaurants and together it. or getting takeout. Always makes me hungry. <laughs> this one, you can't really see what they're eating, at least. Usually they talk about... There's a whole episode, There's a whole issue... Well, there's a whole series of panels where Luke ta- teaches Danny how to eat pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> there was a point where Foggy stole the last slice of pizza... And Luke Cage got really angry at him. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they're discussing, you know, what's going wrong. So Luke is saying uh, he's going to go off on his own and give it a shot because he's a loner at heart. He ain't good working in a crowd. Yeah. Um, and Danny's like, all right, we need a break. Uh, so Danny has an idea. He's going to go to Rand Meacham since they have some of the finest lab facilities in New York. So he's going to... You know, maybe they see if they can find something the police missed. And uh, yeah, Misty's gonna go off and do her own thing that yeah. she's not gonna tell them about. So they're all splitting up. Uh, Misty doesn't tell them what she's doing, probably because they would disagree. Um, I can't actually remember what she's doing. If it's this issue, she's, go- she's about to- she's about to go undercover. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they totally wouldn't let it. Um, she took care of herself well last time, but that also. You know? Yeah. Got a bit messy. But, uh, later that morning in the ultra swank Turtle Bay Plaza, just upriver from the United Nations. So we have Luke visiting Harmony, who he met last issue, didn't he? Because he saved her. Yeah, I can't remember when he met her, yeah. His little, his new romantic interest. Yeah. Uh, which isn't that much about the deep and meaningful romance, you could say. No. Um, She's a bit dippy. She's a model, right? Yeah. Yep. She was more worried about her nails. Yeah. A lot of the time. The fact that, uh... And she's like, you know, she's saying all the stuff and Luke's like, alright, let's hang out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whatever. I haven't got anything I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Whatever. And then we get she's... to Misty disguising herself. Um, and, <laughs> so she's, uh, just say it, she's dressed as a hooker. No, no, I'm trying to figure out, like, doesn't he know all of his, you would apparently say. not. Okay, so he's just like, whatever, <laughs> he just lets her get in, oh wait, no, he doesn't, okay, he's surprised when he bar- when she barges in his car, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess he's not really paying enough attention to know that she's not. You know, one of her his calls her street trash. Yeah, and then she pulls out her gun. No street trash. She pulls out her gun, um, and then he recognizes her. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, what? The night? What do you want? The gun was the missing piece in that puzzle. (laughs) Yeah. I guess who else? She might have a reputation for just going around and pulling guns on people. So she might. Yeah. Because clearly you can't tell she's got a fake arm. Because you can't in this. You can't. Oh. Actually, yeah, what is... I mean, I know you say that they Honest... sometimes say there's, um... Like yeah, a skin honestly, thing, but... Yeah, they've said it before. Um, They've sort of explicitly said it. I don't know which comics, I'm sure we'll get to them. Where they sort of said, oh yeah, it's got this cover on it. But, like, it's one of those hand-wavy things. It seems to depend what the artist wants to draw. Yeah, because... I mean... Um, but she's, cl- I mean, she's in a bikini top. It would be noticeable. Yeah, it would definitely be a giveaway. Um, yeah. 
like pulling out a gun. Uh, but I guess, yeah, did, have they mentioned it before this, though? What, the arm? Like, well, I know, I know she has, like, they mentioned the robot arm, yeah. but have they ever mentioned that it looks, that they can make it look like a normal arm? Not, not, in our current reading, I don't believe. Okay. Alright, well, interesting. Um, so, uh, yeah, she tells him to take her to, you know, somewhere, um, like, he says he's gonna tell her all she, he knows somewhere private, so he takes her mm-hmm. to, uh, the Liberty Towers garage, so, like, where he went before, and when he comes out, he's alone, with a very evil smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> so, Misty is missing in action. Yep, Danny's got a better suit on than he did before. Still greenish. Yeah, he's still got the Australian Socceroos colours yeah. on. Um, yeah, he's very dedicated to his colour, uh, yeah. his costume colour. Yeah, which is like, you think he'd like not dress similar to his costume if he's so obsessed with having a secret identity. Yeah, but at least it's not a sweater now, he's in a proper business suit. Like, you don't see Peter running around <laughs> wearing, like, yeah, uh, only in red, red and, and blue. blue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Tony only wears mm. red and gold. <laughs> he wears quite a lot of red and gold, but, like, not really, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Danny... So he gets up the elevator yeah. in his own building, and he's told he cannot go in here because it's a restricted floor and there's no visitors allowed. And, yeah. and Danny's like, are you serious, Gus? You know me. He's no, I do not know you, young fella. And if you know what's good for you, you'll get out of here pronto. Wink. You're going to be in more trouble than you can imagine. Now beat it. Danny's thinking to himself, as there's more guards even in the background, something's wrong. Gus has checked me into this building hundreds of times. He's pale and sweating, yet the room's cool. And who are these other guards? A half dozen, where there's usually no more than two. And then we have a very interesting panel of, like, three yeah. floors. <clears throat> I won't say it again there, mister. Hey, I'm sorry, you know. I made an honest mistake as Danny's headed back to the elevator. Okay, Gus, here's hoping that performance gets you off the hook. Assuming you're on one. And now uh, Danny in the elevator making his escape through the roof to find out what's really going on. There's three panels mm-hmm. probably there because of the elevator sequence. Just to show the levels, I guess. Um, but yeah, he jumps on top of the elevator and he just starts climbing. Up. He climbs up to the roof, gets out, changes into his costume. Uh, it's a ruined <laughs> suit and he comments that he didn't like the suit much anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Neither did we, Danny. Um, and he's talking about, you know, ooh, I feel so much strongly, more strongly tied to it than I do to Kunlun because his comic has to be set in New York, so they're going to make him feel more tied to Earth than Kunlun. For now. Yeah. Until later when he realizes he was being an idiot, but whatever. This is just them brushing over. The fact that he should really be in Kunlun. Um, and, yeah. So. What? He snaps himself back to reality. Yeah, he's um, looking across yeah. the. Is that. Oh, is that Joy's penthouse? I don't even understand what the setup here is that he can't get on a floor in his, in his own building. To then climb to the roof, to then look across. Yeah, maybe it's a not just a tower; it's like a semicircle or something. Mm. I don't know. It's a I very weird setup, but yeah, there's gunman and Joy Meacham's penthouse walking around like they own it, and there's a lot of them. So he jumps from above and takes out two with a shock and a kayai, mm. and then bounces off of a couch. <laughs> it's great. To throw a, Kick to throw someone a in the flying face. sidekick. Yep, right in the face. Then he thracks a guy in the chin with his elbow. Yep. And, and as uh, he's taking care of these goons, someone yells, That's it, hero. You stand right there and you don't move a muscle. Is that clear? Huh? Heart of the dragon. That's better. My name's Morgan and I run the Harlem Rackets. 
And I'm here to find out if Rand Meacham is behind the outfit that's been carving up my turf. While I'm doing that, hero, you're going to behave yourself. Because if you step out of line just once, and my screen just froze, so you got to take it from there. Yeah. This little lady, <laughs> Joy Meacham, is going to die. So I'm I love just... how they phrase it. They, they have to drop in the Joy Meacham in case you've forgotten what she looks like. Which is fair enough, because... Because uh, oh. that doesn't look anything like her. The last... We'll be getting into this next issue, trust me, because the last time Joy Meacham showed up was a long time ago. Yeah. And it, in this whole early these this these whole early runs, it's really poorly handled. Whether she knows he's Iron Fist and what Danny's stake is exactly in the company, how they even resolved it, because the last time we saw them, they were having a meeting to discuss if Danny had. Like they were, like Danny was getting his company back at the behest of, uh, Jaren Hogarth. And then, uh, Chinese Street Gang crashed the meeting, and that was the last he saw of it. <laughs> so we didn't know yeah. Danny got his company back until he just mentions it casually later. Yeah. We have not seen Joy again since that, uh, actually no, we have seen her again, with like, on the much. phone, on the phone to Davos, never interacting with Danny or anything, so. And uh, we have to assume that she doesn't know that Iron Fist is Danny because he said as much in the past, but the answer may be different than what you expect next issue. And mm. I'll again be complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yes, next issue, The Fate of Misty Knight, the final showdown with Joy Meacham, and a brand new script are here. Be here in 60 for Confrontation. And we're not going to tell you if the titles are consistent. <laughs> this will be a surprise. A surprise for next time. Um. Well, guys, what did you think? It's alright. It's a setup issue. It's um, yeah. It's not one of my standout issues. Let's put it that way. Yeah, because it is mostly set up. Yeah. I did like very in- interesting Claremont story. <laughs> How is this an interesting Claremont story? That's not his usual cup of tea. He's more fighty. Mm. <laughs> That's true. Um, Big bad villain. This has got like, you know, there's more to it. There's stuff going on in the background. It's just, and it's all urban-esque. That being said, I really liked that aspect Ooh. It was very, like, it was very down to earth. They were just eating, discussing the next move. I liked the canvassing, like, the legwork. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked how they showed that aspect of it. Because um, it, and it definitely shows that this is more Luke's world than Danny, because you never really saw Danny do legwork unless it was, like, him kicking the crap out of various gangs. Um, mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it. Uh, but, you know, not, nothing was, like, super spectacular. Uh, all of Danny's fights were top-notch as usual, I love the elbows, I love him blowing up those robots, um, you know, it's it's still good for a martial arts comic, even though we only got some brief fighting, we still got fighting, so, yeah. Um, good setup, we'll have to see where it takes us. Mm. Yes, so, we'll see you guys next time, I guess. Yep. Yes. Until then... Same bat time. May your... Watch your back, white boy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, white boys. See ya. Iron Fist and all other characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney. Any musical images we use belong to their respective copyright holders. We do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, anything you want, really. It doesn't even have to be related to Iron Fist. If you don't want it read on the air, though, make sure you mention that. You can also find us on Facebook, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Our Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast. Our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon. Uh, hyphens where the spaces are. Our YouTube, Connor Carl. Just search Iron Fist Podcast and you'll find us real quick. We are also on iTunes. 
If you find us there, give us a review and rate us. If it's less than five stars, please say why so we can improve the show. And we're on Podcast Garden in the literature section, and last but not least, head over to our WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Artist Podcast.wordpress.com. That's where I put all the show notes. I'd like to thank Thomas Tissot for composing the Iron Fist theme song we use at the start of our Iron Fist episodes on the podcast. I'd also like to thank Peter John Sikorsky for composing the Power Man and Iron Fist theme we use at the start of our Power Man and Iron Fist episodes. And finally, thanks to you guys for listening. <laughs>